What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. The scripture says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law where there is no prophetic I love this vision the people cast off restraint but blessed is he who keeps the law would you repeat this after me can we throw this scripture up in Proverbs please let's throw this scripture up in Proverbs would you repeat this after me where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. My ten, I can't hear you. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, there are other translations of this scripture that says the people perish. When the Bible says that, that when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. What that means is the people are discouraged. Where there is no vision, people are frustrated. Where there is no vision, there is no accountability. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. In other words, they go off road or they go off of a tangent because there is nothing guiding them. There is no force. There is no standard. There is no value. There is no North Star. There isn't anything that is leading, impulsing, motivating, inspiring, or placing a fire over somebody's life to go in a certain direction. That's why the Bible says where there is no prophetic vision the people cast off restraint now if you do proper exegesis or a proper study of the scripture I know for those that are watching me and you all are theologians I know that the direct and immediate uh, uh, interpretation of the scripture is that it is talking about where there is no revelation from God there is no accountability there is no guidance it, there is frustration and there is the Bible says the people perish in other words they die because there is no revelation from God but there is also some implications that we can take outside of theology and bring it into our lives and into our marriages and into our relationships because this is true for anything where there is a marriage without vision there is frustration when you are when you are with somebody right uh, 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 have a conversation for those are in a couple why are you with me I'm gonna start some trouble today just have, why are you with me? See, and, you, and you'll notice people start saying, well, 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 because when I met you, the, the, uh, 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 you just looked good in the club and you was doing the two-step. And, and, and it just like, I just saw like the light hitting you. And, and it was all dark, but all I could see was you. <laughs> Go ahead, ask your man today. Ask your man, why are you with me? And they just, well, well, it's just that, you know, it's because, you know, my family, they just said that you were good for me. So I just. It... But that's not vision. 
where you have a church that doesn't have prophetic vision or revelation. It is a church that is lifeless. It is a church where you just come experience the same old things. But that's why I love this church because there is prophetic vision in this church. Meaning as in we're not, we're not wired for a specific program. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is leading us to do, that's what we're going to do. So some people come to this place expecting the same thing, but we don't serve a God that's, that, 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 that is here for you. We are here for him. <laughs> see, see, when you get in relationships, I don't want to help my single people, get, get with somebody that has vision. You getting with somebody because they just got a little good, they got a, they got a good job, and they got a degree. That's wonderful and that's great. But, but, but that but baby, get with somebody that has vision. Somebody that knows who they are. Somebody who knows whose they are. And somebody that has a vision. When I met my wife, she looked fine as anything. She looked beautiful. She was wonderful. I love the way she spoke. I love the way she dressed. I love the way she sang. I love the way she preached. But the thing that attracted me the most about my wife 12 years ago was that she had vision. And I was a young man with vision. So I said vision with vision, mission with mission. Assignment brings alignment. Baby, when you get connected with vision, you will save yourself heartache and headache. Because when you don't have a vision, you just live in life. You're just working. And you just go and watch your programs and you eat the same dinner and you go back to sleep and you wake up to do the same thing the next day. That's not vision. So don't get, and I didn't mean to go here, but I feel like this is a good word for all of my singles, for those who are praying for somebody. This was not in my notes, but, but, but the Holy Spirit just made me do a quick tangent. So I'm just going to park over here because I just feel like I need to release that. Because you're looking at the appearance, you're looking at the qualifications, what they got or what they don't have. But the Lord says, get with somebody that has vision. <laughs> and if you don't have a vision and you're already stuck with somebody... <laughs> You better start fasting and praying. Get yourself some vision because I'm not going to be spending the rest of my life. And we're frustrated. We have no purpose. Our lives are boring. We have nothing to do. We're just living for ourselves, but we're not living for anything greater. Because when you have a vision, you are living for something greater than you. When you have a vision, it changes everything. When you have a vision, there is purpose, there is fire, there is a passion, there is excitement. Vision is absolutely necessary because if you look at people that are frustrated, if you look at individuals that are not going anywhere, if you look at marriages that are stuck, if you look at family dynamics that are still the same and replaying generational curses, it's because no one has stood up to say, we need vision. So vision is absolutely necessary. What is the vision for your life? We have already shared the vision of our church. Our leadership has a vision. This place has a vision. But what is the vision for your life? What is the vision for your relationships? What is the vision for your future? What is the vision? See, uh, I'm going to teach on vision. Can someone shout vision? Vision is something that the Lord gives you. Vision is when you close your eyes and you begin to imagine and you begin to envision. It's what you see when you close your eyes. It's more than just a dream. It's something that in your spirit is a reality. And vision that comes from God, it's when the Holy Spirit begins to download ideas and creativity inside of you and it connects to your spirit. When your eyes are closed, when you're dreaming or when you're daydreaming or when you're off just thinking, it's when God's spirit begins to download things on your spirit and it's when you have your eyes closed that you begin to create a vision vision is, is it begins in your spirit and then in order for you to conceptualize materialize or begin to implement a vision you have to begin to listen 
verses in your spirit, but then the Bible says you got to write the vision and make it plain. But how do you begin to write something that you cannot interpret from your spirit into the natural realm? So then you have to begin to listen. So in this year, uh, Hope Center Church and family and friends, this year you got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit of God. That's why we fast. That's why we pray because we reduce the noise around us to listen to the Spirit of God to interpret the vision for our lives. And you begin to tap into the Spirit of God, and then you begin to hear that inner voice. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down, because the great leadership expert, John Maxwell, brilliantly laid this out about vision, and I just want to share this with you. You begin to tap into the inner voice. Someone say the inner voice. What stirs your heart? That's the inner voice. What is the mission that you feel like you're called to? What do you dream about? That's the inner voice. Then you go from the inner voice to the unhappy voice. What's not working that you want to change? When you start uh, tapping into the, uh, the unhappy voice within you, you start realizing that you are discontent with status quo. And for those that have vision, you have to realize that being discontent with status quo is a catalyst for vision. It's what catapults you for your vision. It's saying, you know what? I'm not settling for normal and for average. There's got to be something more. And that begins to catapult you into your vision. And this is not for people that just want to live complacent and live life on cruise control. This, this message is for those who are itching. To just, you just want to change the world. You want to do something big for God. You want to do something extraordinary. Is that, do I have anybody in the house today that says, I'm not complacent. I don't want to live my life on cruise control. But I want to change the world. So you tap into that unhappy voice and you begin to think about what is the thing that makes you unhappy? What is the solution that God is calling you uh, to be for a problem in the world? And after you hear that unhappy voice, you tap into the successful voice because no one accomplished success on their own. We talked about unity last week and the importance of relationship. So then you have to tap into a voice that will give you advice, someone that will sharpen your vision, someone who is ahead of you and is already successful in what you want to accomplish. Can I just share for, for my 10 that are still with me? In 2020, we're not listening to voices <laughs> that got all the opinions but never done anything. <laughs> I'm talking about, you. let me not get in trouble. Let me not get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you go into all the wrong people people I'm talking about you what do you think about this baby, baby pray on who you ask advice to You listen to the successful voices and then you tap into the higher voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit because a truly valuable vision must have God in it I said a truly valuable vision must have God in it. You cannot accomplish a God dream and edge God out. That's the acronym for ego. Ego is edging God out. So you want to accomplish something for God. You, wanna, you, want, you want greatness uh, in the kingdom. You want to be great before men, but you're edging God out. But a truly valuable vision from God, you need to rely on him. You need to depend on him. You need to seek him. You need to give him the glory. If God blesses you, give him the glory. Don't act like you did it on your own. But when you accomplish something, said that was all God and that was not me. If I'm here today, that was Jesus. 
need to tap into the higher voice. Now, in an organization, am I helping anybody? Am I helping anybody? In an organization, a company, in a corporation, vision is driven by systems, structures, processes, and marketing strategies. But see, the church of God is not an organization, but we are an organism. Because the church is a living thing. So while we do have system structure processes and we have strategic direction, the prophetic vision of this church, I can't speak for any other church, but I'm talking about the prophetic vision for this church can only be attained, accomplished, and sustained and maintained and even advanced through the Holy Spirit. So everything that we do here, we soak everything in prayer. We don't do anything without the guidance of God. We pray the same prayer Moses prayed. God, if you don't go before us, I'm not going. Anybody ever prayed those prayers? You feel like God is leading you somewhere, but you say, God, I'm not doing it if you don't go before me. Because we are a people that believes in a prophetic vision. And in order for us to attain the prophetic vision, in order for us to maintain it, sustain it, and advance it, we need to do it through his Holy Spirit. So it is vital for us to understand that everything that we do here in this church, it is only done through and by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some requirements for vision, and I hope I'm helping somebody out over here. I hope I'm helping somebody out. There's some things that vision requires, and the first thing that vision requires, if you're taking notes, and you're one of my brilliant uh, members, um, the first thing that vision requires is trust. My 10 done left me already, or you're taking notes. That's what it is, right? You're taking, that's what it is. I know, I know, I know. Vision requires trust. Baby, if you don't trust the captain, get off the cruise ship. If you don't trust the pilot, get off the plane. If you don't trust the chef, get out the restaurant. If you don't trust your pastors and leaders, let me not get in trouble. Yeah. Because when you are living with a lack of trust or mistrust, you will infect people around you with fear. I'm talking about anybody ever spoil your meal, your dinner, your flight, or your cruise, or your vacation because they don't like where you're going and they don't trust where you're going, but you were looking forward to it. So all they're talking about the last time I heard people came here. So trust is absolutely vital when you are pursuing a vision. Look at somebody beside you and tell them, you know what? I think I can trust you. I think I can trust you. I think I can trust you. See, that will happen. You become toxic when you don't trust or where there's a lack of trust. The last time I did, and you begin to instill fear. You begin to instill all types of to toxic pattern and behavior because you had that experience. But I want to know if there are some people in this place that believe in the vision of Hope Center and that say, I know that. God has placed great leaders in front of me. God has placed the right people beside me. My huddle leaders, my people that God has placed around me, those that lead me in the ministry. I know that God has placed them. So we're going to do this thing together because I trust them. Vision requires trust. Vision requires focus. When you have more than one vision, that causes division. So when you and your wife or you and your family, you're not even in different pages, you're in different books. That causes division. When you have more, I would do it this way. I know they said that, that they're going to do it this way, but if I were them, but baby, you're not them. 
It's mighty quiet. People are looking upset. Can you just smile at me to let me know you're still with me here today? Okay. So vision requires focus, meaning as in what, what God is calling the leader to do. We're going to stand beside him. We're going to stand behind him. We're going to push them. We're going to encourage them because we have one vision. We're united in spirit and mind and in thought and we are focused. Baby, if you, if you, if you, if you have a different goal than get into the end zone, you are causing division. But the team is focused on the end goal. So we're moving in the same direction. So vision requires focus. The next thing that vision requires is commitment. Commitment is doing what you said you would do long after the mood leaves you. In the moment, you will commit to things. In the moment, you say, I'll be there. In the moment, you say, absolutely, let's go out. Let's hang out. Absolutely, I'll help you with your house. I'll help you build your shed. Absolutely, I'll help you. Uh, 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 when is the next week you need me? I'll be there. But then when the, when the mood leaves you, You've got to stay committed in 2020. Even when the mood leaves you. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you, I hope my tongue will catch it. Even when you don't like it. But you are committed to it. Vision requires passion. Passion is the fire. It's the enthusiasm. It's the excitement. It's the desire after that vision. And if you want to accomplish your vision, you cannot lose passion. Vision requires conviction. Conviction is absolute certainty. I am convinced that if God is for us, who can be against us? I am convinced that when Jesus said, upon this revelation or upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I am certain that my Jesus will build this church. Why am I not worried about this church? Because Jesus said that he is the builder. I'm just a subcontractor. And he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I'm convinced that if he is building, that if he said he is with us, I know he is with us. You need to be convinced of your vision. And so today, briefly, I want to just give you three things. There are temptations that come when you have a vision. But I want to give you these three things that I want you to avoid in this year. There are three seeds. S-E-E -E apostrophe S. Three C's that I want you to avoid this year. I, I don't want you to lose hope when you experience these three C's. And the first one is when you see your critics responding. I don't want you to lose hope for that vision that God has given you. When you see your critics responding. Can I help somebody today? Can I just deliver somebody real quick? My 10, are y'all writing notes or y'all? Can I just deliver you real quick and help you for this 2020? Here's a quick word. Not everyone will be for you. Simple and plain. I want you to help me. I want, you, I, I, I want to help you because I don't want you to lose heart when you, when you see people responding in a way that you did not expect them to. I want to let you know that not everyone will be for you. If you look at Joseph, before there was a palace, there was betrayal by his own family. Before he entered 
the place of his vision being manifested uh, there was a Potiphar that lied on him there were people that forgot him in prison uh, before there was a resurrection there was a Judas that betrayed and there was a Peter that denied not everyone will be for you in a moment before Nehemiah rebuilt the, the walls of Jerusalem there were people that mocked him and ridiculed him people that were in anger and they were opposing the vision that he had before Moses delivered the people of God there was a Pharaoh that hardened his heart because not everyone will be for you so what do I do when people are not for me you focus on the people that are for you not everyone will be for you there will be some people that are not for you necessarily they may be just for what you're for so if you have a specific cause they're only with you because of that cause but as soon as you stop that cause they will leave you don't lose heart really speaking something good that's going to help people this year there are some people that are not for you but trust and believe that God causes all things to work together for those who are called according to purpose so even betrayal was used even denial was used even rejection was used in the scripture so I want to let you know if you've been rejected if you've been ridiculed if you've been mocked for your vision if people have told you that's not possible if people have laughed at your vision I want to let you know that you are in great company so what do I do pastor focus on the people that are for you it may be just one person, but as long as you got one, baby, rock out with that one. Keep on, keep on getting encouraged by that one person. And I want to let somebody know that you got more, th more than one in this church. There may be people on the outside of this church that have mocked you, ridiculed, ridiculed you, and told you they do not believe in you. But you got a whole church in this place that says that God is with you and God is for you. And we believe in you. Is there a church that can lift up their hands and say, we are with our brothers and our sisters. God, matter of fact, look at the person beside you and just encourage them. Tell them, God is with you. God is with you. And I'm with you. Encourage someone. God is with you and I'm with you. Would you do me a favor? Can we take a break from our regularly scheduled program? Stand to our feet real quick. And would you just encourage somebody and let somebody know God is with you and I am with you. Come on, let somebody know. Encourage someone. God is with you and I am with you. Matter of fact, tell someone. I believe in you. For all the people that didn't believe in you, look around, baby. Look around. These people believe in you. For all the people that laughed at you, look around. These people are with you. For all the people that didn't pray for you, look around. These people are praying for you. For all of those people that left you, look around. We are still here. You may be seated. Often we, times we lose heart for those that left and we ignore the people that didn't leave. We miss out on realizing that although these people haven't been there, but God has blessed me with some people in my church, my church family, my leaders, my family, and our ministry. You got to realize that people are with you. Look at what the scripture says here. Let's throw that, let's throw that scripture up. 2 Kings 6.16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
I want to just let somebody know one more time. There's more with us than, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. There may be people that rise against me like a floodgate, but the Bible says that we are victorious in Christ Jesus. Though the enemy rise like a floodgate, the Lord will lift up a standard. Come on, holler back at me. I feel like I'm preaching to myself. Let me know if you got victory and if you're grateful that there are more with us than in the world. So you got to focus on who is with you. Don't be discouraged when you see how your critics respond to your vision. Don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. The second thing is you, 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 you don't lose heart and don't fall into the temptation when you see flashbacks of your past. Because when you are pursuing something for God, the enemy will come and remind you and tell you, but you're not qualified for it. I want to help. So can I deliver somebody again? The Lord never called people who qualified. Isn't that good? But he qualifies the people that he calls. I thank God. God that he didn't look at me and just reject me because I wasn't in the place that I needed to be but in spite of who I was when I got saved despite my mistakes and my failure he said I love you with your broken self I want to use you and I want to prophesy over somebody that's been saying but I'm not qualified how can God use me how can he do that in my life I want to let you know that despite what you've done he is calling you and he says let me work in your life and I will be the one to give you the strength the courage the tools that you need for the vision in your life uh, you, you can't lose heart when you see flashbacks of your past you ever had a flashback I'm talking about you just moving forward all of a sudden choo, a flashback and you're like oh lord some people tend to dwell and meddle on that flashback and then when you dwell and meddle on that flashback then you end up stuck and can't move forward with that vision because meddling on the flashbacks is like driving looking and staring at your rearview mirror when you if you were to drive just focus on your rearview mirror what would happen and people live their life that way all they do, look at the person I was in the past. Look at the mistakes that I made in the past. Look at the things I did wrong in the past. And so as long as you are focused on that rear view mirror, you will never move forward. That's why the front view mirror is greater and bigger than the rear view. Because what's ahead of you is much greater, it's much bigger. But you can't take your eyes off of what's in front of you. So don't lose heart when you get flashbacks of the past. You know, there was a great prophet. Take a time. Ah. Let's see how far I get here. Can we throw that scripture up? When he himself went on a day's journey, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4 through 5. When he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. This is the prophet Elijah. 
after some previous chapters before he had called literal fire from heaven and he slayed the prophets of Baal that contested against the God of Israel, Jehovah God. And so he, this one prophet faced uh, this, this, this group of 400 pagan occultic prophets and he battled them and he, he proved to them who was the true God. He called fire from heaven. He saw miraculous wonders. And here's a few chapters after he's talking about God, I want to die. And he's saying to the Lord, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once, the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals, a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him again, and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much or is too great. He was having a flashback. He entered a season and a moment of depression. He was burnt out. He was exhausted because he tried to he tried to prove something and when it didn't prove it, he got a threat from Jezebel. He got a threat of manipulation, something that was attacking his mind and, and his entire being. And because of that threat, because of that moment of depression, he was talking about take my life. He was having a flashback of his past and he had just experienced the glory of God. Ain't it like us that we can see God do miracles and we can see him work in our family and we can see God do wonders. And then the next moment we're talking about God, I want to give up but you notice that the Lord didn't send an angel to rub his back and he says you know what you're right maybe you should die he didn't say to him you know what maybe you're right you're no better than your ancestors no he said arise and eat He's saying, you're feeling down right now. But the angel came and touched him. He came to shake him up. My God, I feel the glory of God. I want to shake somebody up today like that angel did. And I want to stir something within you and to tell you, arise and eat. Because you've been in that place talking about, I'm not worthy. I'm not qualified. I don't know how God will do it. But the Lord says, arise and eat. For the journey is too great so don't, don't get discouraged don't lose hope when you see flashbacks of your past and the last thing don't lose heart when you don't see immediate results I should ask for another 10 man oh, Lord have mercy -wee. don't lose heart when you don't see immediate results Everything in life begins in seed form. I'll say it again. Everything in life begins in seed form. Nothing begins full blown. And when God gives you a vision, he will not give you the thing full blown. He's going to give you a seed. I'm going to talk to my online church. You're praying for a tree. But the vision that God gives you, he gives it to you as a seed. The challenge is, what do you do when you see the tree, but others just see the seed? I'm talking about you up and you telling everybody about that vision and your dream and what you believe in that God will do. But they're just saying, I don't see it. 
Maybe nothing begins full blown. It's progression. It's a series of decisions. It's called the compound effect. It's called progression. It's called sowing. It's called being faithful. Nothing is, there is no such thing. And I, and I wish I could help somebody in this place. I'm going to talk to my people in the back because I'm going to need y'all to help me out. If you're right there in the back. There is no such thing as insta anointing. <laughs> I know it's frustrating because everything else you could just order it. Everything else you could just Amazon Prime it. Everything else you could just microwave it and it comes right there, right there. But there are... You're preaching good, Pastor Serge. There are some things that you will have to be like Jacob and you're going to have to wrestle for it. There are some things that you're going to have to shed some tears over. There are some things that you're going to have to pray all night about. There are some things that won't come immediately, but keep on being faithful. Keep on sowing. Keep on praying. Keep on worshiping. Stay in the fight. You worked out two days talking about I'm not seeing it yet. You served for one month talking about I'm not seeing spiritual growth. I know social media will fool you. I know what people present and put out there will make you feel well, well, they got it immediately. But what you don't know, baby, is that there's so much in the background behind the scenes. You see me up here today, but can I testify? Is that all right if I testify? Baby, I'm 15 years in this thing. So if you see me now, you, you, you got to realize that I'm not just a joke come lately. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. I've had to shed tears in order for me to stand up here for the glory of God. I've had to preach sick, tired with no strength in order for me so when you see me blessed don't hate on me celebrate me look at the way he dressed look at that he's so young how is he doing that baby I've been doing this I've been doing this for a while and when I was ready to give up the Lord reminded me you're not doing it for people you're doing it for me I feel like preaching in this place. My sister knows there will be times where I will pay out of my own money to go to other churches, pay my own hotel, and pay my own food in order to preach, and people will barely give me a thank you. But I would drive home, even out of state, cross state, and my sister knows, but I would still praise the Lord, and I would still thank Jesus for the privilege to serve, for the privilege to preach, because I knew that he called me. There are some things you don't know the nights that I've had to stay up praying. You don't know the tears that I've had to, had to shed. You don't know the heartbreak. You don't know the heartache. So when you see somebody, realize this isn't an instant thing. There are some things you're going to have to wrestle over. And some of y'all just give up too easy. As soon as it gets a little difficult, you begin to run. Talking about this must be a sign that it's not meant to be. You know, I used to believe that too. When things started going wrong, I used to believe this is a sign that it's not meant to be. And then I really started reading the Bible. Anybody who ever had purpose, had a, had a vision, called to do something, everything seemed to go wrong in the beginning. 
Let's throw up the scripture, Romans. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces ah, perseverance. You know what the other word for perseverance is? Patience, 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 patience. Look at the person beside you and tell him patience, patience, patience. The reason why you're not there yet and you're having to work for it is because you're not patient. The Lord is working patience in you. The reason why it hasn't been instant is because he's developing you in the process. He's developing you in the dark room. He's developing you. He's developing you in that season you're in. It's not instant. He's working out patience in you because when you're a patient person and then it gets difficult, you don't give up easily. The things that come easy, leave easy. That's why now I don't care what comes. I don't care what attack comes in this place. I know I can't give up on my call. I can't give up on my family. I feel the glory of God. I can't give up on my marriage. I can't give up on the things that God has blessed me with because I had to work for it. I had to. The Bible says faith without works is dead there are some things that i had the faith for and i had to work for it and i had to put it to action you're not gonna take my blessing ah. patience produces character if the lord were to give you the thing that you're praying for right now you would misuse it and abuse it if you got what the thing that you're, if you got it right now, and you're saying, but why now, Lord? Why now? I believe I'm, and the Lord is still working in your heart. He's still molding your character. He's still shaping you from the inside out. Because if he were to put the light on you, you're going to be trying to figure out like, oh, what do I do now? But he wants to prepare you in the dark so when you're, the light is put on you, you'll be able to go like, I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, uh, I hope my online church family, I hope you're receiving this. I'm going to enjoy this in the playback when I watch it at home. Hope does not put us to shame. Patience, when you are patient, you will never be put to shame. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. Vision requires for you to remain faithful even when you don't see immediate results this year stick to the process of vision this year trust focus commit to the process of vision and you will see that everything will be on the other side of your comfort. The growth you've been looking for will be on the other side of your comfort. This year, with the vision that Jesus has given us for this church, we need the Holy Spirit in order for us to be faithful. But when it gets hard, when it gets difficult, when it gets challenging, let us not lose sight of who called us and who gave us the vision. Can we celebrate Jesus in this place?
Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also, you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.